Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to yell about your inner voice of a geek. (laughs) And cut and take three. (laughs) Nope. Uh, Yes, we're here to give voice to your inner geek, and our inner geek is just not having it today. (laughs) A little bit punchy, a little bit tired. Yeah. Not saying that there's better things that I could be doing with my time right now, but I would like to be asleep. <laughs> I was telling Megan that too. I was like, hey, I've got the sleepies. Why do I got to record tonight? I'm exhausted. Also, also tired of opening tickets with IBM. Just, just want to be done with that for mm-hmm. a little bit. Preaching to the choir, dude. <laughs> just want to be done with that for a little bit. Uh, there's a quick way to get off that problem. No, there really isn't. <laughs> just get off IBM products. Rocket's pain level is much smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Not my choice. All right. I really don't have much for general. I have three things for general. I'll backpack you on general tonight. (laughs) All right. But before you do that, (laughs) let's just go ahead and uh, uh, Patreon is open again. Saw that. So uh, thank you again for the people that are still there, even after the the first round of payments have gone through. Uh, we still, I mean, you know, our, we know who gets declined. <laughs> our, our shout out section is still fairly small. So I'm just going to go ahead and do them at the beginning instead of each section. Cause you know, we appreciate all of them and, uh, equally differently, I mean, but equally. I mean, we can do a rotate, but it's only gonna be like two people off, two people on <laughs> kind of thing or whatever. So Nicole, who I got to hang out with this weekend, Nate, who skipped this weekend, bastard. Stephanie, who doesn't live close enough to have been there this weekend. I mean, if we're just going <laughs> to tie it all to the weekend. <laughs> uh, Timothy, uh, David, who just won't travel, so he couldn't have been there this weekend. He won't come to Protospiel, Minnesota either because apparently we're too far away, but we go to places with him all the time. That's right. You heard me, Sheppy. <laughs> and John. John's back as well. So thank you guys for supporting us over on Patreon. Um, and, of course, there are other people that are supporting us on Patreon. These are just the people that chose the level that uh, wanted to be part of the shout-outs. So thank you to these people. Thank you to the other people that have been hanging out. Uh, and, of course, if you're looking to uh, be a part of the show and be a part of the, the, the shout-outs, you can do that over on Patreon. We have a link uh, in the show notes and on our website. So. Thank you very much. Okay, Mr. Steinhoff, the man who hardly ever speaks during general. I'm bringing the thunder today. What's going on? What's the therapy session today? No, no therapy. (laughs) Well, maybe a little bit of therapy. But no, no, no therapy. First, 
probably not foremost. <laughs> but first, uh, I've been off the Kickstarter train mm-hmm. for quite a while. I only have two outstanding, and only one of those is late. <laughs> but it crossed my feed today that, and I don't know if you ever played this, but this is by far, I believe, my all-time favorite RPG. It's not Dungeons & Dragons. It's not even <laughs> fantasy. I mean, I came up on D&D, but back in the 90s, was it Palladium? No, it wasn't Palladium. It was a derivative of the Traveler system, and it was called Dark Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderfully dark conspiracy <laughs> type thing. The aliens were out there. It was X-Files. It was X-Files RPG before there was an X-Files RPG. Uh, and I loved it because it was the Traveler. It was essentially the Traveler. I don't know if they licensed it or they, cause it wasn't, it wasn't Traveler and it wasn't the same right. company as Traveler. So it was licensed out somehow, but it was the whole, it was all the career building path and essentially a lot of the core mechanics of Traveler tweaked a little bit to, to fit this modern age world as opposed to future sci-fi. So somebody has revived that, bought the license or whatever, and it's up on Kickstarter right now. Thus going nice. back to my original Kickstarter <laughs> and. I only found out about that a couple minutes before I came over here, so I didn't have time to jump on and, and put in a bid, but not a bid, uh, a pledge. pledge. <laughs> uh, well, some days it feels like it's a bid because maybe you're not going to get anything ever, but it said it had uh, 85% funding with 22 days to go, so I'm fairly certain it's going to fund. Um, so I think I'm going to get that. Okay. Of course... By the time people hear this, you'll probably... Well, it'll probably only be 14 days to go, but yeah. No, more than that. Oh, yeah? Because of our buffer. I thought we were through that. No, we still have one more old episode, which will be this next one coming out, and then we'll be on to just new stuff. Oh, okay. So, and I think we've got two or three that we've already recorded. So, uh, late pledge. Late pledge might be open. In in that case, go see if there's a late backer, (laughs) but yeah. So, that that was first thing. Second thing, as I am wont to do... I was looking at our stats <laughs> and I see a, a solid number, uh, a consistent number from Germany, Australia, Malaysia, and Singapore. So I don't know if it's the same people every month <laughs> or if we've gotten different people once a month from all these geographies. But if you're listening to my voice right now and we are intriguing to you, reach out. Tell us why. Are you hate listening? Are you looking for amusement to tell your friends about? What do you like? Why in these geographies are you listening to us? Maybe they just like the fact that now that we've got these new mics, you like the hot mic. Yeah. Because, <laughs> dude. <laughs> well, okay, dude. Let me back up <laughs> off it. Set my cup of gin down. Um, so what's out there that you like? Or... Are we just like a legacy podcatcher hit and you don't? That's or are are we the example you share for stupid Americans? I mean that's quite hey, possible as well. <laughs> talk about yourself, but not me. Uh well. Okay, stupid North Americans. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I can include you. North America. <laughs> so let us know. Let us know what's out there in all these different geographies. Um, and, uh, third, and I think possibly the most important, I was getting some gas on the way here. Hey, this, you know, what you eat before you get here and what happens in the car, we don't care. Oh, it's going to happen here. <laughs> and, uh, Dairy Queen was smelling really good. So I know what I'm having for, for dinner after we record. <laughs> That's all I had for general. All right. That is your Dairy Queen update for April 
16th, are we? Mm-hmm. 17th? 16th, yeah. April 16th, when 2019. We yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to start putting dates on when we actually record things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we haven't had Dairy Queen in a while. I have to check that out. We don't go there very often, but every once in a while. I don't get food there, like normal food there, because, I mean, let's face it, it's it's kind of shit. <laughs> but they're the only place in town with soft serve that I like. Like Culver's does like the custard stuff, but yeah. I don't like that. But I'm not a I'm not a hard ice cream fan. I like soft serve. Yeah, so you know what you're having when we leave here. You missed the entire, you know, as you know, Megan's sick and exhausted and tired and had a crap day. I'm on call. I'm exhausted, tired, had a crap day. So you missed the entire neither one of us wanting to decide on food, but knowing we have to eat and all that. It was, it was, it was not pretty. It was not, a, today was not a pretty day for us to try to decide food. Well, one <laughs> meme that keeps passing through my feed, like, at first, it surprised me how common it was, but now I, I, I guess I shouldn't be. It, it's something along the lines of um, sexy couples seek – no, hot couple seeks third, no sex stuff, just need somebody to decide where we <laughs> right, eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or the uh, – we always say, you know, have you seen the like the speak and spell mm-hmm. thing where they put restaurants yep. around it? Yeah, we've always decided we – we probably need one of those as well. <laughs> yeah. So our uh, our glorious uh, dinner this evening was us being completely exhausted, not wanting to f- try to figure it out. So we took all of the leftover Easter eggs <laughs> and made not egg salad. Be leftover. It's not happened yet. <laughs> wow. They colored Easter eggs with their nephew who was over oh, this, this not past chocolate weekend. Stuff. Okay. No, no, the uh, you know, no hard boiled eggs that were colored. You know, they colored. Uh, while I was up in this up in the cities for the Protospiel Mini, they colored Easter eggs with him. So the leftover ones, so we we peeled all of those and made egg salad. <laughs> so with you know just the right amount of crunch and glitter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, your poops are going to be great in the morning. <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> Shiny poops. <laughs> Let that, me get a camera. That, and I had glitter all over my hands, and I was like, I've either been to a strip club or I've played a Matt Warden game. <laughs> They're not exclusive. <laughs> Sometimes. All right. Let's get on with this, shall we? Woden. Woden. <laughs> Matt Woden of Matt Woden Games. Who makes games? <laughs> Game review. We are going to be taking a look at photosynthesis. Who put out photosynthesis? Blue Orange. Blue Orange did. Do we know who designed photosynthesis? Yes. It is by, I did not bring my glasses, (laughs) Shalmar Hach, or Shalamar, Jalamar, can I pronounce that? (laughs) And illustrated by Sabrina uh, Miramon. I was not prepared for that type of question, or otherwise I I would have brought my glasses. Sorry, sorry. It's just one of those things like uh, I'd probably like to for us to get better about too, where a lot of people focus in on the publisher mm-hmm. and don't give enough credit to designer and artists. Yes. <laughs> I'm there with you on that. Yeah. So it just popped in my head. So sorry about that, especially since I, you know, have been surrounded by designers and publishers part Ooh, of the weekend. With one eye, it's legible. <clears throat> so yeah. Jalmar Hach and Sabrina Miramon. Okay. So, uh, photosynthesis. What are we looking at here? This is a, this is a game that, uh, Jordan brought over and taught me so that we could review it. 
Don't phrase it like that. So when you dump on it, it's uh, all on me. Who said I'm dumping on it? You don't know what <laughs> oh, I'm going to say. I recognize the Jordan's choice. Jordan's choice. I mean, it is questionable most days, but <laughs> you don't know. Wow. Do you want to back that bus up and just go over me again? Um, all right. So, so this crap. No. <laughs> so the game is called photosynthesis because you are growing trees. Just trees people not any kind of special trees just a tree i mean you can imagine whatever you want well yeah, playing yeah it, i suppose i suppose but the components yeah the image are basic go. trees <laughs> so yes and that's a little call out to the actual scientific principle of photosynthesis so yeah it's uh two to four players and a hex board and circular hex board and uh you are growing trees you start off with some tiny seeds or some regular size seeds i suppose and some tiny trees <laughs> medium trees and large trees and the goal is to accrue the most points by growing uh not necessarily the best or the most trees because there is a life cycle here but uh to to grow the most uh efficient tree i suppose is is the way i would look at it because um you are you're, the, the players are just in the not quite yet forest because the forest is not there because we haven't grown the trees. But you go out there, you start throwing down your little trees and your seeds and expanding your forest. So you are growing the forest through the power of photosynthesis. There's a callback to the name. <laughs> and uh, it's you generate some points periodically and at the end of the game. The person not with the most trees but the most points, not the best trees, just the most points, wins. Bringing the... Bringing your trees to full life cycle in the most valuable spots in the forest. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Because <laughs> depending on where you've gone full life cycle, you get a different amount of points. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Figured we'd cover that in mechanics, yep. but okay. But yeah, no, it's just, it's kind of hard to picture. Picture it. Yeah. yeah. What you're yeah. kind of talking about. All right. So let's just go ahead. Let's, let's talk about the components for photosynthesis. So the components are pretty good and uh, it's all cardboard uh, and it's all very good cardboard. It came with like three or four sheets of punches for seeds, for trees, and for scoring tokens, and a vastly overproduced first player token. <laughs> and the cardboard is all very good quality. As I punched everything out, there was no ripping, no tearing, none of the trees. Because the trees are all two-piece slotted to go together, mm -hmm. and nothing bent, warped, or tore. And I've gone through the game a few times now, and everything is held up to falling apart and being put back together. And in the case of storage, since we rarely have cause to talk about storage, it comes with, uh, so it's, it's, it's just a regular game box, but the very first thing that's on top of the box were his instructions on how to make four little holders. So each player's colors all go together. And the trees can stay safely assembled because there's no sloshing around of cardboard. And it's actually, as far as box inserts go, fairly elegant. Mm -hmm. I, I rank that there with, in my opinion, like the original Lords of Waterdeep box. Mm -hmm. But everything is cardboard. Everything is very colorful. And yeah, that's it. There's no plastic. There's no mm -hmm. paper other than the rule book. Uh, the components are all pretty solid cardboard. Yeah, and it's pretty nice because, again, like you said, it's the, the slotted standees for the trees and stuff. So it it gives that nice visual. Mm -hmm. You know, and we've talked about that before with some other games where it's one of those things that you can spot 
while you're walking close to the table and stuff like that. And you, you kind of see these 3d trees coming up off the board that can pull somebody in. So that's pretty cool. And not only that, but it actually has a use within the mechanics. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool too, that it's got this, like this great visual and it's also actually used as a, as a mechanism in the game. So uh, I think the components, yeah, they're, Pretty solid. I mean, um, you know, you, I, I, I don't own this one, so obviously you did all the punching and all that kind of stuff, and 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 said it came out pretty good. But just the the feel of, you know, playing the game and everything else. Um, we didn't have like picking up a tree and it falling into pieces, any of that kind of stuff. So I, I thought the components were pretty solid for this game for sure. All right, so uh, going into some of the mechanics for photosynthesis. So we got. It's it's primarily an abstract game, really. Yeah, yeah. It's competitive in that you want to have the most points, but it's fairly non-interactive except for if you're gonna th- where you throw down your seeds. So the primary mechanic is sunlight because hey, it's photosynthesis, mm-hmm. and I believe each player starts with four sun on their first round because you're gonna get no two sun because you're gonna get some sun on the initial layout. You start off with no seeds, four small trees, and and one medium tree. And the rest of your components go on your player board. Your player board has your sunlight track, which is the currency of the game. And then it has your reserves. As you put things out on, put your large, your your small or your medium trees out on the board, you need to replenish them. If they're, you have to buy them from your supply to make them available to you. Mm -hmm. And then as you use them on the board and complete a life cycle by having a large tree die, they go back to your player board. They don't immediately go back to your supply. Seeds, small, medium, large trees all have a different cost. The more you buy, the more expensive they get uh, because well, I don't know why. That's just the way they did it. <laughs> it's it, it's it's kind of a resource management game and you have to manage your sunlight and plan. It's not really a game where you can just playing the turn you do something. There is a bit of that because you have to see how other players throw down their seeds or grow where you think you're going to maximize sunlight. So, oh, well, yeah, let's talk about sunlight. (laughs) So sunlight, as I said, is uh, the main currency. So there is six spots around the board. The sun goes clockwise around the board. Each round it moves uh, to the next sunspot. (laughs) Okay. And... Then you count how many trees you have that are getting direct sunlight. So if it's going across the board from, you know, top right corner to bottom left corner, any trees that are not in the shadow of another tree mm-hmm. and any trees that or are, well, I guess it equates to the same thing. Any trees that are standing alone or any trees that are not in the shadow of another tree generate some sunlight depending on how big they are. Trees that are big enough to block a tree behind them, and there's X number of squares that will be blocked, depending on the side of the tree, don't generate sunlight. But since the sun moves, it's not a constant. Uh, each turn, the sun moves, so sun will be hitting potentially different trees every time it moves, both because uh, the tree that might be bro- blocking it from northeast to southwest is not blocking it from southeast to northwest. So each time the sun moves, Different trees are going to score a different amount of sunlight. Then with that sunlight, you're buying seeds and other trees to grow your forest. Uh, the seeds you throw down, they're a seed. Once you have a seed down, you can then start to grow a tree. 
And each laying of a seed and each stage of growth of a tree costs sunlight. So a basic seed, I think, is is one. You just throw it down. Mm -hmm. Then uh, a tree is two. A large tree is three. And then going to the big tree is four. I think I'm off by one on all those. (laughs) And then to end the tree's life cycle and score points, this is where the scoring comes in, that's four points. Uh, That's four sunlight, I believe. So as you're growing your forest, you're generating light, but then you have these down cycles where you have hopefully maximized two trees to full height, and then they die. You score them, but then you're down a couple trees for scoring the next round. Mm -hmm. So it goes around for six turns and three rounds of six turns. So between those three turns of six rounds, you're growing trees, maturing trees, trees are dying, going back to nature. And opening up spots. So as Jeff mentioned earlier, the scoring happens based on where a tree has uh, has matured. So there's four rings, uh, one, two, three, and four. Duh. The The center <laughs> ring has the highest score potential, and the outer ring has the least. But you can't just go in for the center because, in theory, if you work that every turn, it's still going to take you four turns to go from seed to score. Mm-hmm. So you have to take your best section. Uh, the other player has to take the best second option. And one way they control this, I say under ideal to conditions, because you cannot activate the same hex more than once. Mm-hmm. So if you place a seed somewhere, you can't do anything else in that hex. Uh, if you grow a tree there, you've activated it. So even if you have the sunlight, you can't go from sapling to mature all in one round. So it's a good control mechanism of making people have to expand or at least encouraging them. You don't have to be really aggressive in your expansion. Mm-hmm. So going to do all this, and it's a lot more streamlined than I'm making it sound. <laughs> There's a, a lot of potential things going on every turn, and you might not necessarily get to do them all if you don't have the sunlight or your trees aren't in the in the position you need them to be. A lot of the time, it's just spending your sunlight to grow. Throw a seed down here and there, thinking ahead for a turn or two. Uh, where do you want to be? And then grow and grow and grow. Maximize your sunlight and have, you know, maybe two or three big turns in a game. But it's a game about growth, not the, uh, not the big turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, at the end of the game, you count up your score tokens. So there is a cool mechanic for not, uh, not allow or for ensuring people are never in a position to not score. If at any point the, the row you're in or the circle you're in doesn't have any score tokens left, you go down to the next, uh, the next available score token. So say you're in circle three, you know, you got the medium points, but all the circle three tokens are gone. You're going to take a circle two token. Now circle, Two maxes out at like 16, whereas circle three starts at like 16. So it's a, it's a potential point loss, but you're still getting something. There's no dead scoring turns. There's no punishment like that. So then at the end of the game, the person with the most points, including a sunlight bonus, there's bonus points for having a lot of sunlight and that's on the player card. It's a, it's just a small detail. The person with the most points has enjoyed the best forest. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you mentioned it because I do, uh, you went through a lot of things, but like putting, putting your seeds on also depends on the size of tree you're. Right. So, so if, if you have a small tree, you can only throw a seed 
uh, within one hex. Uh, but a medium tree, you can throw it within two, and there's no line of sight or, mm-hmm. or blocking out or anything like that. The seed just goes two, whether an opponent's tree is there or not. And then the, the big tree, it can go out three. Yeah. And so that's another little piece where they kind of have some control in like what you were talking about, like not always necessarily being able to go center every time and stuff like that. I mean, once that tree is gone and depending on where your trees are around it, if you've scored some other ones, you may not be able to get right back to the center anyway, uh, that kind of thing. And and then, like you said, the, the ability to only activate each square once um, or hex once. So there's, there's a lot of cool little things like that. I, and you mentioned it too. And I, and, and I think it's, it's very much true. Again, this is at its heart. It's an abstract game. And, and the fact that like the sun moves around, you tend to not just be thinking about, I'm placing this now. You're, I'm placing this now. And what is that going to do for me when the sun rotates next turn mm-hmm. kind of thing and stuff like that? So all of those little things is kind of cool. Um, and, and like you said, I, I, was thinking that and you 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 put it out there so uh i agree that this is it's an abstract game with a good amount of resource management because it really does come down to those two things that you know being able to kind of think in that abstract way and and placing your pieces and then also that you have to not only manage your son and manage your your son incoming for for your uh payment or whatever but then also outgoing with not only that, but the fact that you have to manage your supply and your player board because if your player board is full, you just lose the piece. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> so I said stuff goes back to your player board, but they have a, a pretty – it's a pretty harsh rule when you compare it to mm-hmm. everything else, but it's it's a good rule to make you be aware of everything you have to manage. So like Jeff said, once your big tree comes down or you uh, you use a seed – you know, there's limited spots for all your resources on your player board. And if you can't put it back on because you haven't bought to open a space, it's just gone. It's gone for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll I mean, it, like you said, it, it sounds kind of harsh, especially, you know, the, the, uh, with the overall game. But I think all of that together made for a very interesting game and, and, and some decision making that you had to kind of do. I watched you do the same thing that Sarah and I both did the first time I broke it out. So I'm going to do this and this and this. Oh, but I have to buy this first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and it, and again, yeah, you have to be thinking about all those things. So it's, you know, again, you, you're planning where your trees are going to be or your seeds so that you can make trees and that kind of stuff. And hopefully, putting them in positions where you'll get some sunlight off of them more than once and or possibly blocking an opponent so that they're not getting as much sun. Uh, and then, of course, managing your own personal resources so that you don't – you maximize it and you're efficient with that and hopefully do not lose something in the game. It's it's it's, it's very elegant, I think, altogether once you kind of start looking at it because it's really – and again, like you said earlier, it's like it sounds – potentially complicated just to listen to it mm-hmm. you know let's talk through it like this and listen to it but it really isn't once you start getting into it the player board is really helpful in yes. that because it's got everything is easily read the costs for everything you're going to buy the the spaces you're going to put things if you're paying attention you will be aware <laughs> that you're yep. you're full so you can't put something back unless you buy and then the the growth cycle uh you know it's 
seed to tree to tree to tree to score. It's mm-hmm. all laid out there. It doesn't take a whole lot to pick it up. Yep. Yeah. So I, I personally, I, yeah, I think the, the mechanics all work well together. They all flow really well. It sounds complex, but once you get into it, it, it flows super easy. But there is still some really good decision points and some what I call good pain points mm-hmm. to make along the way to to basically maximize what you're doing in this game. I, I I like it. I like how they put it all together. And and I think it it works well all together. You know, again, this is this, you know, we in theme we usually say, you know, it could be anything or whatever. But in mechanics we also kind of think in the in the realm of were these separate? Do they or you know do they work well with them? And I think this all worked well together with the theme that they they presented it with. Again, and especially with an abstract game, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, abstract games really could be anything. Yeah, uh, and and so the mechanics of it being an abstract didn't feel like it was disconnected from the photosynthesis side of things. So I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right, the uh, rules for photosynthesis. The rules are eight pages, but that includes an English four-page book and a French four-page book. So pick a language, and it's only four-page book, and the first page of that is a basic introduction about what the game is and the object of the game and the components in the box. The next two pages tell you everything that you're going to do, and the last page is essentially the end of the game. So rules are, in fact, only about two pages. And it's a very done book, very well done book. Um, <laughs> they completed it. <laughs> they did. It is done. <laughs> the first page is a basic setup with bullet points so that you can see everything that you're setting up in the picture that they provide it's not a sidebar it's a it's a center bar cuz it takes up the whole center of the page but it's a well done layout for a full four player game but it's done per player so you see the four player game but it doesn't matter how many players you're at it gives you a very good setup so after you've done the setup it's actually only a page and a paragraph of rules and it goes through it very quickly what you do in the photosynthesis phase, which is gain your sun, what you do in the life cycle phase, which is spending the sun. And then it's two-thirds of a page on what the actions are in your life cycle phase, buying, growing, and the how to read how to read the player board on where you how far your seeds go and how much it costs to upgrade. So yeah. Overall a page and a half of rules and it's largest text for that so the rules i think are pretty well written they got me to the point very quickly i didn't need to hit bgg for clarification i didn't didn't need to find a video for this (laughs) uh i think the rule book is very well written because it's a very concise game with a very concise rule book and i think that goes back to our point earlier again if if us discussing all the options and stuff you have makes you feel potentially uncomfortable because it might have some extra complexity to it. It really doesn't. And the fact that if you really break it down, you strip away all the images and everything else, you're looking at about a page and a half of rules to get through. You know, again, it's it's very well done. The complexity comes from, from 
or any complexity kind of comes from your decision making process, not from the game and the rules and the mechanics. Uh, so, so it's definitely worth checking out if you're interested. Um, okay. So teach ability for photosynthesis. So as the one that was learning, I would say, uh, Jordan did I, it's okay. No, (laughs) No, it's, uh, again, with, and, and, you know, a lot of times this kind of really kind of sometimes equates back to how well the rule book is done and stuff like that. And, and so with no issues really with the rule book, it was pretty straightforward to teach. Not a lot of issues there. Like you said earlier on the player board itself has a nice breakdown and does a, a good job of, of what you're looking at. So I think it was pretty easy to, to pick up as the person learning it. Cool. How did you feel teaching it? <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes you're a bit of a stone. I am. <laughs> um, I don't recall having to go over anything multiple times with you. <laughs> and I don't recall you having a whole lot of questions that I needed to refer to the book to. I clarified a few things that I was not clear on, <laughs> apparently, but I don't think I touched the book. It, it was all because it's all on the card. All right. So can you teach this game if you're just staring at my middle finger? I can, <laughs> because that is a small tree. <laughs> all right. Replayability for photosynthesis. What do you what do you think here? And how many times in a row would you play it? Of course, it's so um, this is going to get. A double rating. Okay. So I like the game. Mm-hmm. So immediately replayability is high-ish. But this game, for me, this is like we've talked about like Sagrada or uh, Tokaido where there's like art involved in the mm-hmm. game. Part of the game is just looking at pretty things. And that that applies to this game too. Our forest was pretty condensed. But in the couple games that Sarah and I played, we've both spread out a lot. So you might not have gotten the full effect of kind of how the forest moves. Mm-hmm. But when you look at this game over the course of the game, seeing how, you know, I started on the left side of the mat, you started on the right, and then how we kind of grew in and moved past each other and around each other. I think it's as much a little piece of art as it is a game because you get to see it's worth noting. There are four distinct colors. Each tree, each player has a different color. So as forests are growing, these colors are moving through each other, not not physically, but <laughs> forest-wise through each other to make an ever-changing tableau, getting from, you know, narrow to thick and from small to large. So at two players, I don't think the full effect of this game is achieved. I've got no problem playing it at two players, but at two players it would probably be one and done. At three to four players, I think you get the full the full hit of the the potential beauty of this game, unless everybody plays a really compact game. (laughs) Uh, And so I think the visual aspect is a little bit more. And then just, just to watch it all happen again, I'd probably do a second game and I wouldn't have a problem doing back to back. This isn't um, a full night game for me though. Like two, two at max players, one at two players. Uh, And that's it. Okay. I can see that. I mean, um, for me, even at, at two players, I, I, I could probably go two. I mean, it's, it, once you, once you start getting used to it, it's a fairly quick game, mm-hmm. I think. And then as far as a, even like a reset up, I think that's like super easy, uh, to do. So I could see going, uh, two, but then I think about, about at two, 
is about when the fact that it's an abstract game yep. might start kind of kicking in on mm-hmm. me. And, and I don't know if I'd want to go more than more I've than been moving these trees for yeah. like an hour and a half now. <laughs> uh, but again, it, I mean, it's it's an enjoyable game. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and and definitely, yeah, I can I can see playing it if if somebody wanted to say, OK, let's let's go again. I'd, I'd do a second run of it. No problem. I And I wouldn't. uh I wouldn't uh, say, you know, let's not play it if somebody really wanted to, to break it out even for that first time. So I think it's, it's a, it's a solid game and yeah, it can be, yeah, I'd, I'd go, I'd go to again before the, all right, let's, let's move on to something that's not as abstract. Okay. So the theme for photosynthesis, um, how do we think that he did with the theme? I kind of mentioned it a little bit in the mechanics, um, at least for my aspect, I think they, they married the two very well. I, I agree. I think they did pretty good. You know, we talked about how abstracts, sometimes they can just be anything. But to make the tree's life cycle the core of the abstract game and then make you – well, you're not exactly emotionally invested, but <laughs> you you do feel like even though it could be anything, you are growing a forest. Um, so I think the, the theme, pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you give me and and there's a good chance that something like this might have been done back in the prototyping stage, but if you give me like four different size cubes and have me go through this, I would see it's the I same would game. I would see the mechanics of it and yeah. I think it's pretty solid mechanics, but there's definitely something to be said for the visual side of of what they put on this and and tying it in with photosynthesis and and how the you know the the bigger trees block the littler trees and all that kind of stuff so i i think yeah they married it very well yeah i mean again it's an abstract can can be pretty much anything but i think uh for this particular abstract they picked a really good theme uh and they did really good job with the visuals for it to Make it immersive. Yeah, you're not invested. You're not like I'm a tree, you know. But you, there's there's the immersion there mm-hmm. of the being in the forest and the trees growing and the and the you know trees going back and and finishing the life cycle and starting back over with some more seeds and all that kind of stuff. And and so I I think it's it's really solid. I think it's it's done a really good job. All right, so now we go to uh, fun factor slash overall for photosynthesis. Well, it's an abstract. So those never get like a 10 for me because they're not bad. They're just more cerebral than exciting sometimes. But this has, like I said, to my mind anyways, a lot of beauty to it and it is enjoyable and it is, it's fun in the way that I generally don't always like my fun because there's no, there's no dickery here. You're not, I mean, a little bit, but not enough to make it, not enough to make it Jordan approved for dickery. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard the, the, the words come out of your mouth a few times. And so just so I could be a dick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I just wanted you to get the full experience of the game and any game with me, there is some dickery, even if I have to work to do it. Um, so, I mean, depending on how you want to, be as you play this game thrown down your seeds yeah there's more potential for dickery and then just deliberately growing stuff suboptimally but to shade somebody else you're literally throwing shade in this game um nice. so fun factor and overall i think are pretty darn good for me uh, i enjoy playing this game and despite the lack of 
overt evil. Um, <laughs> I, I want to keep playing it. Uh, so yeah, fun factor overall. I want to play it at least as many times more as I butchered this dude's name. So to the author, to Mr. Heck, I'm, I, I, I totally shot your first name and potentially your last two. And, and I do apologize for that, but I do want to keep playing your game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've already kind of set off and on it. You know, it's you can kind of tell that I've I've, I've enjoyed this game. I've had fun with it. Um, it is an abstract, which is not tip typically something. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy them because there are some really good abstracts out there, especially when when they get married to a good theme. And I think that's what this did. I, all I can think of right now is like if you really want a chill night, like this and Takedo, mm-hmm. and just you know, it's. This game with those other trees we were talking about, <laughs> that is a chill night. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I'd, I'd play it some more. I wouldn't turn it down. I had fun with it. I like the visuals on it, everything. So it's it's definitely a good good game. Now, I don't know if it would be like the first game on any given night that I would recommend. Like, hey, let's play this. I, I, I don't know if... No, I don't think so. Not for me either, because I, I'm not a huge abstract person. And I, a lot of the people that I play with on a regular basis aren't either. This would be a game that I would bust out as the first game to a whole group of new people to the game. But after that, it's probably not because half of those people are going to be like, <laughs> really? That's, that's all we did. <laughs> so okay here's a question for you then as we're kind of uh winding down in in this section so both of us are admittedly not huge abstract people um but we obviously we place some here and there so what made you decide that you wanted to buy photosynthesis and, and have it in your collection honestly a really soft sell that's that's what i was uh <laughs> we were going up to bemidji last summer and there's a new game store in, I don't know, some town just outside of Image where we usually stop to get dinner. And as we were going down the frontage road to get back to the highway, saw this marquee, whatever it was, games. Well, let's, let's go I'm check in. it out. <laughs> what? Used games and diseases? Okay. <laughs> but it said games. <laughs> um, and the dude just picked it up and shoved me the back of the box and was like, this is all you're doing. And Sarah was like, eh. And I was like, eh. And he was like, but no, it's more engaging than it sounds. And it is, people. It really is. And we're like, you know what? This seems pretty light, and we're on vacation. Let's do this. Okay. Basically, dude gave it a good description. That's all it was. All right. So there you go. There's our uh, look at and review of Photosynthesis by Blue Orange. Blue Orange. And I won't make Jordan say the names again, but. Thank you for putting out a game. Again, it's in the abstract realm, which is something that we don't necessarily uh, pick as our first choice of play. But this was definitely a good game, and and I'm glad we got to get it in and review it. So, What we're watching. I watched uh, the second season of On My Block. I don't know if you've seen that at all. It's a Netflix show, but isn't everything these days. (laughs) <laughs> no, the other half of everything I watch is Prime. <laughs> so uh, it's basically it's it's a, pretty much a dramedy, uh, and it's about a, a bunch of kids, kind of like high schoolish, going through living in a rough neighborhood, and and how their friendship is, and 
uh, you know, trying to get through day to day stuff and, and, and go to school. So it's, it's, it's part comedy, part drama. I enjoyed the first season enough to when I saw the second season came out, I, and I power watched through the second season. So, and it ended in an interesting spot that I'll be there for the third season if they put it out. So, uh, I got through that. The aliens finally showed up to attack the block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Is this the third third season? Yeah. All right. So I power watched the third season. I did not spoilers spoilers. If you if you don't want to hear this, it's not a huge spoiler. But I uh, it, I did not realize until after I watched the full season that it was Alan Tudyk that replaced Nathan Fillion. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Did you you watch? You no, watch, I haven't watched okay. it yet. Yeah. So that was interesting. I'm sorry. I like for you flashbacks, or is he no, still no, the no, head? No, 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 the head. Okay. They, they they kind of talk about my voice has changed. <laughs> it's like, and it, but it wasn't. A, it was afterwards, and I I just I just spaced it. I was just like, okay, they they hired somebody else. Nathan didn't come back or something like that. Totally spaced it until Alan Tudyk put out a photo of him and Nathan in the head. And then him talking about, I replaced him here. Next up, I'm going to be Mal in the reboot <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. I was like, holy shit, I didn't, I didn't realize that was him. I just, just didn't even think about it. So yeah, got through that. Kept switching what I was putting on here because we didn't record. And so I had to, uh, but we, I, I left this on there because so I, I can be done with it. So we finished the Americans. We power watched like all seven seasons finally. I don't think either Megan and I are happy with how it ended. Um, the the last half. Well, the wall season, did come down. The last half of the season, though, the way they, I don't know, we we weren't we weren't thrilled with it, but we were glad. We lo- we love the show. It was a great show. We're we're happy we went through all seven seasons. It wasn't like oh, what was it? Well, like the last season or two of True Bloods or something like that, or you know where we were just like okay, well, we just we feel obligated now. This we actually enjoyed watching the whole thing. It's just the last half of the last season that kind of went. Eh, I don't think so. We did go see Us. Mm-hmm. Did you get you see that? Yep. Okay. Enjoyed it, but that ending was like super predictable. Yeah, but it. <laughs> It wasn't really a movie about the ending. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It, but it was but it was like super predictable. Well, yeah. But so it felt like it wanted to have that big reveal and it really did. It didn't. No, <laughs> that that was not the shock. No. Mm-mm. But loved the movie besides that. Yep. I mean, it was it was a pretty solid movie. Uh and we went to see and I'm I guessing you probably did not Shazam. <laughs> I did not. Yes. Sarah did, but I did not. We liked it. We we enjoyed it, and in fact, uh, I think it was like a day or two later. Jocelyn just Megan like looks up at me and she goes, "The more I think about it, the more I really really liked that movie." I'm like what movie? It's two days later, what are you talking about? Shazam! I'm like oh okay. I mean, so for I mean for what it was, it, it was maybe it was the fact that it's nice to see a little bit of the lightheartedness. I on have the, on the bitched DC for side. seven years about that, <laughs> so yeah, there definitely should be some more, and I'm glad it's out there. Yeah, so I we we did it, we enjoyed it, and that's what I had. All right. After your glowing reviews of it, I went and watched the first season of Sex Education, <laughs> and uh, as I hit you up on same time, <laughs> same time, Facebook. Facebook Messenger. That's our primary. Yeah, that that's our that's our chaperone. Yeah, <laughs> it's always there. Yeah. It took me halfway through to realize that <laughs> the main is Ender from yep. Ender's Game, because uh, 
I would watch the credits and Awesome Butterfield. I, was, I know this name from somewhere. <laughs> and I thought it was the woman. I thought it was um uh, the chick. Mm-hmm. But so I went to, okay, where do I know this woman from? So I, and at the time I looked, I couldn't remember his name either. So I just, I went and I looked at it and it's Asa Butterfield. And that's Ender. <laughs> so every time they got into a fight after that for like the next four apps, I was like, oh, he's just going to destroy the whole planet. You don't want to piss him off. So that added another layer of humor when I superimposed like an Ender reaction onto whatever was going. Nice. But I thought that was, uh, I mean, it's pretty standard sitcom fare, but yeah, but it, but just amusing enough in in the uh, in the uh, content. Mm-hmm. I mean the and Jillian Anderson. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I will never. No, that's not true because I will. I stopped watching something with her in it. Sadly, but <laughs> no, yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't like over the time. It wasn't like oh my god, this is like brand new breaking ground. Anything? No, but, but, but it was, it was fully, enjoyable. thoroughly enjoyable. Yep. We finished off Umbrella Academy and. Again, you're talking about something that got predictable and somewhat <laughs> pedantic by the end. I, by the end of it, I was like, can we just, oh, we, we, you revealed four eps ago, even if you don't want to say it, what's going to happen? Let's just get to it. Okay. Let's just, let, let's just, get, okay. Thanks. Everybody can die now. They did give it a good cliffhanger though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't read the book because, yeah. uh, I mean, I tried, I got three eps, three issues in. And it, it just, the, the art style just wasn't doing it for me. And the kind of, the deliberate attempts to be quirky, even in those first three, four issues, it just wasn't doing it for me. So this is something that I think, obviously, since I finished the season, definitely benefited from being uh, a TV medium instead of print. Mm-hmm. All the characters, like, I don't think I even made it to Hazel and Cha-Cha in the book. I don't think so. I mean, it was so long ago. But anyway, yeah, so my point is, I didn't like the book, but I I liked the show enough that when it came to its little cliffhanger ending, I was willing to work with that, and I do hope they do a second season. I think they already said they were, yeah. Yeah, but they're getting kind of flaky with some of their stuff right now yeah. as they try to curate their new shows and deal with the loss of Marvel and Disney. Yeah, well, and also, the, but the, I mean, that might be one of the reasons why they're willing to take a chance on it, though, too, because they mm-hmm. don't really have any superhero lineup stuff. But yeah, I mean, Netflix is just finally figuring out that if they want to be, if they want to play in the network space, that there's network consequences. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and one of those is budget. Mm-hmm. Can't have if Disney's gonna not gonna bankroll half your show. A lot of stuff has to get either a lot smaller or a lot tighter. Yep. And then on the Prime side, uh, my brother-in-law put me onto Patriot. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-mm. It's it's actually it uh, CIA knocklist kind of guy. Uh, he he just he's got to go in, and his his primary mission is to get to. Luxembourg so he can sabotage a financial deal between people that are financing the Iranian nuclear program or the the reactivation of the Iranian nuclear program and the Iranians. Okay. seems like high spy drama, but it's not because it's, it's kind of a quirky little comedy. There's a bit of drama, but it's always about the kind of hidden identity or the, the drama of the, or the comedy drama of what should be a tense situation, but, uh, so like he's this spy dude, killed a lot of people. He should be in therapy, but he's self therapizing. It's a weird people. Uh, 
by writing folk music about <laughs> the things he's done. And I guess I'm four apps in or so. And every app, there's just this little interlude where, because so much of it is taking place in Luxembourg, there's these little apps where he's cycling around, little points of parts of each app where he's cycling around Luxembourg with one of these songs he's written as, you know, so I'm just driving around Luxembourg thinking about how I got to kill this guy without making it look like me, you know. So just these and these little throwbacks to these other missions that you haven't seen, but where he's done these horrible things, but now he's got to deal with it in the only way he can and he knows how. And the the worst part of this from the CIA aspect is his music's getting popular. So he's actually selling CDs <laughs> with these songs on them. There's a whole bunch of people that I know from other things. Uh, the only dude I know is, and I can never remember his name, but Locke from Lost. Oh, I never watched Lost. Well, you didn't miss much. I know, but Megan wants me to watch it. So. Don't. Don't do it. And also on Patriot, on Prime, Hannah. I don't know if you ever watched that movie. No. Hannah with Eric Banana. <laughs> Eric Banana. <laughs> Hannah with Eric Banana. <laughs> Eric Banana. Be by And uh, at the time, it was uh, Saoirse Ronan's first big thing when she was like 12 or something like that. Uh, but anyways, they've turned it into a TV show. Yep. I've seen the like, commercials stuff for it or whatever. And surprisingly, it's it's doing well i'm at the <laughs> annoying now at the most critical time possible trope the child is rebelling mm. uh and it's it's like yes we know teen rebellion it's a horrible thing <laughs> but you see the cars with the guns coming for you now is not the time to decide to be independent oh but wait they always do this is the point of every tv show book or movie where the child decides to be a dick uh but i'm liking it and then as we were talking about upstairs First step of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's where I was. I kept going back and forth, but I figured, yeah, we'll be talking about Game of Thrones enough or you would be talking about it. So, yeah, we, we watched that as well. Uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> what we're reading slash listening to. Uh, I got like two things. So do I. All right. You want me to go? No, I'm going to go. Okay. So <laughs> I finished reading Hell's Reach by uh, Aaron Dumsky Bowden which is a Warhammer 40k novel about my favorite chapter, The Black Templars. It's very enjoyable. And then I finished Artemis by Andy Ware. He's the dude that did Rescue Jason Bourne from Mars. What was that movie? John Carter? No, what? No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm lost. The, the dude that plays Jason Bourne, Matt. Oh, um, Damon? Damon. Yeah, the, where he got, he was the astronaut yeah, yeah, that yeah, got yeah. left behind on Mars. <laughs> Anyways, so this is kind of a low crime book he the main character is trying to work her way up the criminal syndicate tree to in theory achieve financial independence uh it was a very enjoyable story overall but i couldn't get it out of my head and i'm not like the morally righteous (laughs) upstanding person but i my tolerance for things where the main is a criminal is getting lower i mean somebody has to really work to make that criminal sympathetic to me I don't care that you've embarked on the life of crime just so you can eventually get out of the life of crime. You've embarked on a life of crime. <laughs> but for the most part, I liked it. I mean, it was quick. It was, I think it was under 400 pages. Um, yeah, so I liked it. I'm finding I'm moving on to another phase of my life, too. I'm no longer 
I'm no longer in the get off my lawn phase. I'm on the get off my block phase. <laughs> Megan and I were talking about that the other day because one of the daycare kids next door, I was upstairs after work and Zoe was downstairs just going nuts. And I saw so I look out the window. Oh, I had to work late or whatever. So I look out the window at one of the daycare kids is running up to our window and out of and back out and antagonizing her basically so i was telling megan about it and she's like get off my lawn i'm like no get off our block i'm done do not cross the street (laughs) uh okay i haven't i haven't read a lot um that's not a huge surprise but i have been trying to read a little bit more uh but i've also been kind of putting lately in uh some time into notes and other things for game design. So, but I am still reading uh, Bitch Planet. So I'm still kind of making my way through uh, where I left off in that series. I think I'm almost, I can't remember if that's the one where it's like there were more, but they weren't lowered in price or whatever. Um, but basically, I'm going through all the stuff like I downloaded not too long ago. Um, so that one still. And then the only other thing I really put on here was I did get the new script for The Recruits. The, the series that I'm I'm doing voice in, and actually I already turned that in, waiting for that episode to come out. And so, but that was kind of, that was kind of cool because again, it's uh last season on the big bad. Uh, had a lot more. I'm I'm popping in and out a lot more through through the script now right now. So that's kind of interesting. Different react, different interactions and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to 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 that. And that's all I had. What we're playing? I played some stuff though. <laughs> I have not played a whole lot. I'm not going to go back a month and talk about Adepticon. But since then, I've gotten in apparently only two games of note. A game of Star Wars Legion. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to retcon this for a second and go back to watching. Star Wars <laughs> Celebrations in Chicago was this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So when I could, I was watching them uh, the panels live on YouTube. And I've also gone back over the last couple of days and checked out their panels as they've put them up mm-hmm. and i'm actually fairly excited about the up nine movie now mm-hmm. uh that that did a really good sell for me and it, it, it's funny because in my game group there's a dude that has moderate interest in star wars armada but didn't want to get into it because it's another semi minis game mm-hmm. and there's a dude that has some interest in legion but didn't want to get into it because it's a minis game and a hobby minis game no less so you have to paint or get somebody to paint i'm like dude don't worry about it just put the gray on the table it doesn't matter <laughs> and then this past weekend they ffg announced that clone wars is coming to both mm-hmm. um and clone wars will probably be out at gen con for legion armada probably not until next year but it was like hey guys look at this <laughs> look at this all this stuff you like coming to games you're on the fence about check it out so my watching has been both for information and evil. But anyway, <laughs> so game of Star Wars Legion and a game of Age of Sigmar. I joined a, a narrative campaign group out of Rochester. So for the next, well, depending on how long it takes, but probably three months or so, um, this dude put a lot of work into putting together this narrative campaign, giving different, because it's actually up in the cities in Mankato too. Mm-hmm. So each geography has, there is one of the realms, Earth, mm-hmm. Fire, but you know, Shadow, that kind of thing. So I'm in the Shadow Realm, which is Rochester and Austin. And so he's put together this piece of lore for the campaign, which I mostly ignored. Some really good 
campaign driven rules about how your general progresses if he gets defeated, uh, if he wins a battle or how he regresses if he's defeated, putting points of interest on the map. So, you know, it's not just go to a convenient spot and bang heads. There's like, there might be a city in there. And if you win, you get the city, which gets you extra resources for, you know, if you win, you get extra resources. If you lose, you get fewer, but then the city lets you generate stuff, blah, blah, blah. So he's put together these, this really great campaign set of rules. I think mostly based on Path to Glory, but tweaked, like tweaked a lot. And I'm looking forward to it because prior to Adepticon, I hadn't played Age of Sigmar at all because it was kind of a really shitty game. But as, as I said, as I say in, in, in full bitterness, they, they gave two years of open alpha testing mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they decided after a lot of community feedback to release an actually good rule set (laughs) and that came out last year so even even last year though i didn't play a whole lot but then i i had to get in some games with jordal because he talked me into the team tournament at adepticon and i was like you know i got in six games this month and i admittedly three of those were in one day but this is actually now uh a fairly enjoyable rule set so when i was approached to join this narrative campaign i was like yeah let's do that I'm going to have a totally suboptimal list because my faction doesn't get a new book until the end of the year. And I'm going to get steamrolled unless I am really good with objectives. But I don't mind because I've never mind. I've never had a problem losing a game. It's much more cool with this. Oh, shit. Oh, I hope that dude didn't wait for me. <laughs> I was supposed to buy some minis from a dude today. And I forgot <laughs> when I was in Roch. I was supposed to. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Would you like to give him a shout out? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that makes up for everything. John Ninas, if you're listening, <laughs> I am very, very sorry. <laughs> when you finally hear this in a month, I will still be sorry. If you're talking to me by then <laughs> or willing oh. to sell me anything. Oh, crap. Um <laughs> So I'm happy to get back into this game. That's where I'm going. That's a little, little scheduling flub aside there. I'm happy to be back into this game. Oh, sounds like you're committed. No, oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I did kind of go back and forth, but from the last time we, we recorded. So, uh, we played Gloomhaven at some point. Um, we, we are going to be playing again here very soon. So looking forward to that. Uh, I believe we had another don't know if we're going to make it session, which is always, always fun now. Uh, somehow we pulled it out barely, but I, I think, uh, again, we're, we're getting to a point where things are getting really tough and really sketchy. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> potential one hit kills when you're just a soft little finger wiggler like me. <laughs> So if I hadn't already decided never to open a door, <laughs> I have definitely yeah, decided yeah, never to open a door. Don't 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 take that first one to open a door objective. <laughs> that one immediately gets discarded for you now. Yep. Uh but yeah, we're still enjoying that quite a bit. And like I said, we'll be playing again here soon. Of course, we played Pandemic the Cure mm-hmm. a few times, one of Megan's favorite games and um it's 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 a beautiful thing when they grow up and, and mature a bit. She actually let Jordan and Sarah leave the house without winning one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we only put like an hour and a half into it, not six. <laughs> I was up at Protospiel Mini this weekend, so I played a lot of prototypes, um, which was cool. 
two of mine got to the table. That was awesome. And I got to play a bunch of other people's stuff. Good feedback other than that one dude. Other than that one dude. Oh, I, I you were talking about uh guy that didn't even do a full turn. Oh, that was uh that was way that was a different oh okay. that was a different event. Oh I uh, I talked to you that bef- before Protoss Real Mini. <laughs> this month has just been No, I, I had a, I had amazing feedback. I Good. actually it was pretty cool. Um my one game that I thought that was pretty much done, I had somebody uh, an, another designer up in the cities that um, is pretty. He, I think he's he's been to like Jordalcon or not Jordalcon, but Ostacon, and he stayed at my house for one of them or something like that. But he's a pretty cool dude. First time he sat down, he he actually asked to to play play the game because uh, he's like I've heard a lot about the game, so let me let me check. And he uh, he came at it at a whole different angle that made me go back and potentially change some stuff that's going to take out a fair amount of components if I do it. So that just that aspect alone is kind of cool. Um, but there's definitely some kinks to iron out that, and we tried to talk them out and didn't really get to a good solution at the minis, but it's something I definitely want to check out. So that, that was kind of cool. Cause that, I mean, it's, it's a game where like people have, are, have already been, even at Protoss Bill Mini, it was like, if you sold this game today, I'd buy it. But then sitting down with him and again being able to take that whole chunk of components out, which then of course can lower the price, it was like it was worth it's worth an explore for me. So I thought that was pretty cool, and that's one of the reasons I love these things, right? Is you get all these different people da- sitting down, and like I said, I I don't know how I, I play test this game all the time because this is this is the one game that people right now of mine ask for when I go to these events. So, but it's people that have already played it, right. That are asking for it usually. So they already know they like it. They just want to play it again. So I'm not exactly getting like, yeah, change this, change Mm -hmm. that. And it's like, I just want to play, but yeah, to have that and have somebody sit down and say, okay, this here still feels a little finicky. How about if you did this? It's like, Oh, that yes. (laughs) You know? And then I took a game that I, so it was on, it was a, it was a Saturday event so on Friday, at, um, on one of my breaks from work, I started reading through some of my game design notes, and I found one that I had no idea what the hell I – it was like six sentences. And I was like, I don't remember ever writing this. I don't know why I wrote it. I don't know what I was thinking. And then I just kind of started – I was staring at these six sentences, and I was like, but is this something I could do? Is this <laughs> – and I'm like, I got a protospiel tomorrow. Can I – can I come up with a viable, like just a minimal core function, viable prototype by tomorrow? So I got off work. I, had work, I got off work about four that day. And by six o'clock, I had a prototype. Nice. So I put about two hours into it. I had a prototype. I'm like, all right, so I, I'm just going to take this and I'm just going to see. I'm, I'm going to lay it down. We're going to go over it. And I, all I want for people is, should I work on this or should it get dumped? And the people that played it loved it. People coming by, stopped and watched it. Talked to a publisher a little. Bit. I mean, not not about it, but he's like, "Oh, it was that game you were playing? Yeah, it was. I like this and that. And when I what I saw about it from this and that. so it's like I'm encouraged to keep working on it, right? Because I mean, for something I put together in two hours and to get that kind of reaction. In fact, I had one guy cuss me out because he's like, he's like, and screw you. Because this would have taken me at least a month. <laughs> so screw you for being able to get this together in two months or two two hours. So and so that was kind of I mean it was a nice little compliment. So well, yeah, but go. those first six lines are like two years old. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was kind of cool. 
Because again, it was just, yeah, it was like six sentences. Two of them were just questions back to myself. Like, you know, do you really want to do this? <laughs> kind of shit. And I was like, uh, what is this? So no, it was it was awesome. It was well attended, which was really cool because it was the one day mini free event kind of thing. And a couple of them I attended. You know, sometimes they're kind of uh, scarce, which is fine. Again, they're smaller things. Um, but this one had a really nice turnout. Nicole was there. That's where I hung out with Nicole a little bit. So yeah, it was it was great. Uh, cool. And I've got a new game to work on now. <laughs> of course, still playing Ark Survive Survival Evolved. So they got the Easter event going on right now, which is basically this they slap different colors on dinos. And a lot of people get hyped over that. I usually think they look like crap. <laughs> I'm like, mm. yeah, I, I, so there's a magenta and C and, and cyan Bronto. Oz, yay. You know, I, I, the only ones I, I find, some of them I find that are okay. Like sometimes like the beavers or whatever with how they, the stripe yeah. or whatever. <laughs> nice. Or something like that. But yeah. Uh, overall, nah. I usually don't go for the, the color events unless I see one that I think is pretty cool. Then I might try to tame it, which is kind of funny. So right before the event started, you know, because usually I play a little bit on my lunch. So I went the other day and I was playing on my lunch and I found, I don't know why it's this stupid little thing, but like they're, they're, they don't, they don't spawn as much. And when they do, they either get wrecked or, you know, but the, the, the equuses or equuses or whatever, the horses basically. And of course, and that's just it. I get the horse and then here comes a T-Rex, <laughs> you know, horse gone. <laughs> um, and so somebody that I'm friends with on the server I play on is really like super into, if you can get me a, if you can get me a horse, you know, and so I started taming horses and they're a fun tame because everything else you either knock out and feed it while it's sleeping and make sure it stays asleep or you got to like walk behind it and feed it secretly and not anger it. A horse you actually feed, jump on and it does the whole buck, bucking thing. You got to keep cool. feeding it cool. uh, or it gets knocked out. So it's a fun. So the, after I tamed my first one, because I tamed, I tried to tame one, had no idea what the hell I was doing. One, I thought, so I, I tried to knock it out as usual. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not doing anything. And then I finally figured out the feed it. And, Were you beating a dead horse? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I tried to, and then I did the sneak feed. And I'm like, okay, well, that didn't do anything. It, it took my food and walked away. <laughs> so, And then um, I, I figured out that you had to feed it and jump on it, but you have to. Jump on it. Jump, jump on it. But you have to immediately feed it again or it knocks you off. So I, all this trial and error shit, I'm like, okay, well. Shit! Now what do I know? What what's going on here? Why can't I? You know, and I find so I finally figured out. I was like, okay, and then you know it does the bucking thing. It runs up and down the. So the first thing you got to do is make sure there's nothing that's going to try to eat it. You got to clear the. I usually find them on a beach. You got to clear the beach and then let them just go and feed them and not get knocked off. So I found this like level one twenty five, one forty, something like that. Which wild is one fifty is tops. So I find this one. I'm like, oh. And I, I look it up in my thing about how long it's going to take. It's take about a half hour. Sweet. I still got a half hour left in my lunch. I'm going to tame this horse. Message comes up. Hello, sir. People on the server. In 15 minutes, we'll oh, be no. taking. <laughs> so I was like, damn it. It was a nice color, too, because I, I, it was just like a, almost a solid black, because most of them look like zebras. Mm -hmm. um, but this one was like a, a light black on a, on a dark black, so it was like almost solid black. I was like, oh, I want that horse. I'm going to tame it. Yes. It's, I got a half hour. I got a half hour left in my lunch. I can do this. I'm going to go back and get what I need. We're shutting down in 15 minutes. 
Screw you. <laughs> Give me the horse. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and I told you, uh, the last thing I had, I told you this, that's going to go too, but um, Conan Exiles was uh, free on the PS4, uh, one of the free games. So I've been checking that out a little bit. So, again, another survival game, but quite a bit different. There's not T-Rexes coming at me. There's just other people and stuff. So I've been checking that out a little bit. I haven't played it a lot here in the last like week or so, but um, I did play it for like a week or two. I've started, I started a single player game uh, just to check it out and check out the mechanics. I haven't gone on to the multiplayer yet, but that's what, that's what I had. All right. So how how you doing? How you feeling? Good. 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 Got, Tired. got everything. Else? Yeah. I'm, ready I'm for too. some, ready for some food and some sleep. There but you go. I'm good. All right. So we'll get you out of here so you can get some Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, that's going to be another episode from us. So thanks for hanging out with us. Of course, I'm Jeff King. I am, as always, the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Who, What, Why, a game design podcast a podcast that talks about the ins and outs of game design with game designers. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. episode of all us geeks energy dude i'm jeff king and i am jordan steinhoff we just totally fucked up the- <laughs> that is uneditable <laughs> well we could just wait five seconds and start over no <laughs> <laughs>